Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. dollar you can give me 25 you know a million it doesn't matter to me my number one goal is that i make sure that i give everything i have to this organization so uh there's no pressure there's no you know we'll be on the one yard line and i won't give it to marshawn i'll throw it you know it's not none of that stuff i don't care about the stats <laughs> oh too soon that's fire oh two things struck me about his press conference first he said uh when he was asked what he was splurge on Derek Carr said Chick-fil-A. Nice. Let me introduce you to the Wendy's Spicy Chicken Sandwich, which is better than Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I said it. The other thing he said was that he was going to pay his tithes, as he's always done since college. Hey, man, I'm going to let you finish, Wendy's, but Chick-fil-A, Goat Spicy Chicken Sandwich. Fight me on this. Anyway, what's good? Welcome to the best 60 minutes of your day. Is that really the best the Bulls could do for Jimmy Butler? Did Danny Ainge pass on the best player available because Josh Jackson stood him up? And which team on the come-up has the best score after last night, the Sixers or the Wolves? All that's coming up, but first, Lonzo's a Laker and LeVar says the playoffs are coming. Yeah, that's what he said. Even though there was a lot of speculation, the Lakers weren't enamored with Lonzo Ball. And even though they used all the time on the clock last night to make their pick, in the end, they did what most of us expected them to do. Uh, from jump, they drafted Lonzo Ball a short time ago. They introduced Lonzo at a press conference. Here's Magic on their new phenom. What a tremendous day it is for Laker Nation, the Laker organization, for Rob and I, as well as the Bus family, to welcome the new face of the Lakers, the guy who I think will lead us back to where we want to get to. We want to say, Welcome to L.A., welcome to the Lakers, man, and uh, we look forward to exciting things. And I'm going to put a little pressure on you right now. You look to your right, there's some jerseys hanging on that wall. We expect a ball jersey hanging up there one day, all right? All right, good. Just leave me one or two records, okay? That's that's it. All right, don't break all my records. All right, let's ratchet up that pressure even more. Uh, here are your Rookie of the Year odds, courtesy of Bovada. Lonzo Ball has the best odds, 5-2, to two, followed by Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, and De'Aaron Fox. Well, Mike, looks like we're looking at the Lakers' new savior. See, there you go. All right. So, I, well, well, no, you let, heard what Magic said, Let's right? go to church. Okay. okay. Let's go to church. Magic is God in L.A. Okay, they told me and they tell you that God doesn't put anything more on you than you can handle. Oh, here you Magic go. wouldn't say that to him if he didn't think he was built to handle it. This is what the kid wanted. This is what his family wanted. This is a dream come true. He has, he's built for this, in my opinion. Now, whether or not he turns out to be the next great Laker remains to be seen. But the pressure to me is more on Magic as president. And if you want to extend it, it's on Jeannie because people are not going to give up too many more passes when it comes to her decision making. So Jeannie Buss, Magic Johnson, Rob Polenka, the agent turned general manager. And for that matter, Luke Walton, the golden child with the Warriors, whose honeymoon period isn't going to last that much longer in L.A. So, yes, there is pressure on Lonzo Ball to perform, but no more than any other Lakers high draft pick, let alone a second overall pick. Don't talk to me about what his daddy said, because his daddy is a prognosticator, but he's not a prophet. You know, so for him, you sure you can't tell him that. 
Well, he no, asked Zeus and Jesus. He, they, he they thinks so, him. but I mean, he's a walking, breathing Twitter account. You know what I mean? He's, he, he might as well be here with us just delivering proclamations. He thinks his son's going to improve them by 15 wins in a Western Conference that now has Minnesota looking like a playoff team. So I don't think there's, there's too much pressure or anybody's writing checks that Lonzo Ball's not capable of cash. It's way too much pressure on this kid. And we have to remember the, what the last Laker great did, as in Kobe Bryant, and all he accomplished. As Magic said himself, out of his own words, we expect your name, your jersey, to be hanging up on those rafters. You know how who hard looks, Who looks foolish if that doesn't come to fruition? Well, obviously it's Sir Magic. Magic and Genie, but number three is Lonzo. Like, I understand what you're saying. He's the, not talking it. Uh, he, it doesn't matter if he's talking it. He's a part of it. Mm-hmm. He can't divorce himself from this, this pressure. His father put him on it, put him on it, and I think him being right there from L.A. is a part of it. Going to UCLA, it's this entire narrative. Look, you mentioned his dad, and while, yeah, I'm entertained by LeVar Ball, just like you are. Like, he's just entertainment to me. He's not to be taken seriously. But you have to understand, especially in this day and age of of these draft picks, a lot of people check in and out of college basketball. Right. He's playing on the West Coast, right? And his name was one that we heard all season. A lot of people have not watched him play, mm-hmm. all right? And so maybe the first time they saw him was when he got cooked by De'Aaron Fox. And they're That's thinking true. Like, that was a tournament. Right, yeah. that was a Big tournament because everybody watches it. So mm-hmm. everybody's thinking like, oh, well, who is this kid? Mm-hmm. I'll make this personal for a second. You and I are a great example of what's happening here. Okay. You remember when we got this show? ESPN did a great marketing campaign, very clever. We dressed up the costumes, yeah, and all that, uh, right? Yeah. You would have thought that we were going to be doing Sports Center with live animals <laughs> and sparklers coming out of our behind, bucket naked, right? Backward, like we, we're backwards. <laughs> speaking Swahili, this going to be the, the most different Sports Center uh, you ever seen. Changing the game, yeah, right? We were reinventing television. Okay, we were doing something right, you have never right, seen before. Right, Magic right. tricks, ponies, all that. Uh-huh. And what happened is that you got a different Sports Center for right. sure. But we're still talking sports. Right. Oh, we just got not, regular old crackers. Right. Oh, he's getting rich. It's still not any, you know, <laughs> right. it's not any different in the landscape in terms of like, yeah, we're still talking sports. Yeah. We're still two people yeah. discussing this. We're interviewing people. We're doing what I'm you do. I'm picking up what you're putting down. We're doing what you do on the sports talk show. So I say all that to say, yeah, that's all cute and nice that you try to keep them away from this pressure. No, I, I'm not saying there's no pressure. They expect a greatness. I'm not saying there's no pressure. I just don't think it's going to break him. And I think what I don't think it will break him, but it's great. And I think it's a little bit unfair because of sure. the legacy and reputation of this organization. And it's okay if the kid is just a piece to what there's, they eventually there's, accomplish. There's more scrutiny. There's greater scrutiny given his dad in the backyard angle, but pressure no more. So we put that on all players. We compare them to players come, that came before them that they're nothing alike. We put pressure on all the draft picks. Lakers pressure is obviously different, but ultimately, look, if, if, if he doesn't, the thing I like about the kid is he's got some substance to go with his dad's style and possess. As in, at worst, if he's just a great passer and makes his teammates that they're charged with putting around him, if he makes them better, that's really hard to bust. That's why people, smart people, analytics people are saying he's probably got the least bust potential out of any of the prospects for whatever it's worth, to at least be solid. So I don't think he's going to be traded in two years. Solid. I don't think he'll be traded. In, no, you're right. You're they're right. Not looking he, for solid. He's, he, solid doesn't go up in the rafters, nope. but I don't think he's traded in two years. I don't think they're going to regret this pick. All right, Jimmy Butler's trainer says he knows drug dealers with better morals than Bulls GM Dar Foreman. I'm no expert in the industry, but if the trade with the T-Wolves is any indication, Foreman would not last long on the block. Everybody hates this trade. The Bulls giving up Butler for Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the number seven pick, which Chicago used to select Laurie Marketing. 
The return is one thing, hard to get equal value for Butler. But why the Bulls have to send back the 16th pick? I don't get this. Anyway, Jamel, is this transaction more about the Bulls blowing it up and blowing this deal or about the Timberwolves adding Butler to Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and Ricky Rubio? Sometimes something stinks so bad, you just have to say what it is. And the Bulls, this trade was just colossally stupid and bad. Thank and you for playing. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the Galactically Stupid? I'm saying that that's what it, it boiled down to. Of all the scenarios, I, I think that most of us envision with Jimmy Butler, I think we all assumed that the Bulls were going to hold out and do something where if they were going to blow up their team, that they would get back some pieces. And I know Zach Levine, he's got a lot of promise. He's obviously dealing with an injury right now. Uh, and, and that's a bit of a setback if you're a Bulls fan. It's hard to get excited about somebody who's not there yet or won't be playing perhaps the first half of the season. But, I mean, you basically gave him away for a bag of playing. All right? And it just... I don't know what they're doing in Chicago. They don't know what they're doing in Chicago. They said they I got a direction. It's, it's down, but I don't know how they're going to get yeah, back up. I, yeah, you're, yeah. Going in, you're going in a clear. They traded him like they didn't like him. Like they, like, right. like they, they didn't need to get rid of him. Like them. he isn't one of the best two play, two-way players in the game. Or I one of the best bargain contracts for his production in the NBA. You know what? Where is David Stern when you need him? Because this year trade should have been vetoed and rescinded for basketball reasons. Yeah. There was so much wrong with this trade from the Bulls standpoint. That's why the only thing worse than this trade is harping on how bad this trade is. I'm going to focus on the Timberwolves in this. I'm going to focus on a team that if you look at the second half of the Western Conference, whether that's the Jazz, we'll see what happens with Gordon Hayward, Oklahoma City, you know, maybe it can get better around Russell Westbrook, Memphis, Portland at 500, Denver right there, or even the Clippers, who knows what their future holds. You're talking about a team that with Thibodeau at head coach and that young talent and, and better luck in close games or better execution in close games, you add Jimmy Butler, they have changed the landscape of the Western Conference. They got what you want for it. With the, the West just team, got, got that much stronger. They got a veteran. Exactly. Another mm-hmm. star goes West. So for me, I look at it, you know, since I'm in a preaching mood right now, see, sometimes you don't even know what's best for you. That's why you just got to follow God's plan. Because the other day when we were talking about <laughs> okay. Jimmy Butler, and remember the rumors came out that people were telling him that don't come to Cleveland because it's such a disaster. And I'm like, well, as if Chicago has done such a bang-up job. I know Jimmy Butler wanted to be the face of the Bulls and loved playing in Chicago, but what makes you think that if this is what they got in return for you, that they were competent enough in that that front office to put the proper supporting cast around you for you to ever play meaningful basketball? Yeah, uh, look, it it will be exciting to see the T-Wolves finally take that next step, especially with the talent they have. All right, the Wolves pulling off a deal for Butler means contenders we've been hearing had interest like Cleveland and Boston, did not make that deal. The Celtics had the assets, so what gives? Well, the Chicago Tribune cited the sources saying the Celtics refused to offer number three last night or next year's Nets pick. Danny Ainge says otherwise. Quite honestly, I thought that he was going to be traded last summer. Um, but he's a terrific player. And, um, but we've, we've had many conversations with them over the last couple of years. We just couldn't get anything about that. Do you have any of those in the last like week or two here? No. All right, Danny continues to hold a nice hand. Is this the case of him not knowing when to hold him and when to fold him? Uh, this is, when is uh, he ever going to make a deal here? That's what I wonder. This is a case of him just holding on too much. And the, the, the Celtics out there, like, they're too good to deal with anybody. That's how they out here right now. Like, you know, um, I like the way you look, but, you know, you, maybe your shoes need to improve. Maybe your credit score needs to come up 20 more points. Like, I don't know what they're waiting on. If all it took was the number three pick, that's worth it for Jimmy Butler. And I just don't know what they are expecting at I this point. I don't know point. what to believe when we're talking about the Bulls. Because the way uh, Paxson talked yesterday – he was like, this is the first deal that we saw. Was it first come, first serve? I wonder if, how much they actually called Boston or they just jump on the first thing that came to them last night. But I understand what you're saying. If, if they can get, if Minnesota can get him for that, one would think Boston had the goods to get him 
given all that they have, right? right. Yeah, so I'm just wondering, like, at, at some point, it's hard to tell to your fan base, cap space, and picks. Like, they got to get excited about something. And I'm not saying you want to go out there and do any deal. Like, you don't want to do anything that would seriously compromise your future. But this didn't seem to be that kind of deal. And I think according to one report I read that they offered them next year's pick. And then that was it. But we don't know how far, how far those talks have gotten. All I know is that when it comes to the Celtics and making a trade, why is it that we get to a certain point and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, nope, they want too much. Or we're not willing to offer that. Like, why are we always here at I this hear point you. with Look, this team? I, I, would, I would have pulled off a trade for Jimmy Butler if one were available to me. I agree with you but I do understand where Danny's coming from and I would implore Celtics fans to patience is a virtue all right you're but they've, been, they've been I mean exceedingly patient Paul George hasn't been traded yet Blake Griffin just opted out and became a free agent not too long ago this afternoon so we'll see what happens also with Gordon Hayward so when you have Blake Griffin as a possibility with free agency with this cap room that they have you have Gordon Hayward as a possibility I like the Tatum pick I'll talk more about him in a second I don't think that – look, you're an okay space player, right? Um, wait, I know you're not saying you're that okay after space. what just happened. Go ahead. Look, I'm not going to derail. No, go ahead. I, no, 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 you can't call me okay. Because, Mike, you single-handedly were the reason we lost to Paul Pierce, and speaking of the Celtics, and, Ra- and, and Rajon Rondo. No, we ran to Boston on them, and they were cheating. But let's, the, the people don't no, care about that. No, it was that. you. It was no, you. But you're an okay <laughs> space player. How many times have you bid and your partner starts to panicking because you said that you had five, and by the end of the game, it's like, where are these five? And then you start rolling out them trump cards. What I'm saying is we can – it's not the end of the world that they did not make this trade right now. And, okay, what's your favorite hood snack? Uh, probably Flaming Hot Cheetos. Honey Bun, personally. Okay. The top five is nine liters. Danny Ainge's got a pack of nine liters. That's what he's working with right now. He's got the picks. He's got the players. He's got the cap room. And you know what? That Brooklyn pick still looks pretty good. I would have made the trade, but I think it's still too soon to say what Danny should or shouldn't have done. You only can say that now because we don't know what they'll do in free agency. But what if they strike out and they had this right here in front of them? We're going to look at this entirely differently. The Lakers look like they're turning the ship away from the iceberg, finally. They nabbed Lonzo Ball with the second pick last night. A few days ago, they were able to get from up under Timothy Mozgov's bad contract, which means the Lakers will have a huge amount of cap space next summer. Basically, for the first time in a long time, the Lakers' future is looking as sunny as the skies in L.A. I think our players are going to love playing with them, and also they become better passers. They want to make the extra pass because – of Lonzo. So this is a great day for them too, not just the organization, but for our players. And that's why they're all getting ready right now because they're going to love playing with them. Watch out, Larry Nance on that live. Wow. <laughs> Jewish Randall coming down the middle with that left hand. <laughs> Big Zoo back there trailing. Bam. I mean, on and on. Don't get me started now. I'm just like, it's, it's, it's a great day because you're going to see. Highlight moments from this young man just by passing the basketball. And Laker fans are used to that. We're used to great leaders. That's why we win. Man, you know what it Magic like? can sell ketchup to a man with white gloves. Never lying. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Maybe Ramona Shelburne, you had a front row seat for this. So you obviously plugged into all things Lakers. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why this might be different this summer because you got Rob Palenka saying the plan is to get two superstars with the cap space they freed up. We've seen the Lakers allocate cap space plenty of times and strike out. Is what we saw just now from Magic Johnson, not to mention the pieces that they're assembling, albeit young pieces, yep. is that why this will be different this time around when it comes to luring star players back to Los Angeles? 
Yeah, that's the bet, right? I mean, I think that's what we're really talking about. For as long as, I mean, I grew up in L.A., guys, and the Lakers always found a way to make things happen. I grew up watching Magic Johnson, right? And he just found a way to make some magic. And, you know, it's interesting to see how this dovetails with the the story of LeVar Ball saying, we got to speak it into existence. I got to make it happen, right? And I, I just caught LeVar Ball up to, you know, after the press conference. By the way, he didn't, he was not a big part of this. He walked in, he had a stay in your lane shirt under the big baller brand, so apparently those will probably be ready for purchase if you want to go get one. <laughs> but he was, he was here, and I said, LeVar, that is ridiculous. You said this 20 years ago, and it actually happened. And he goes, it's not ridiculous, it's ballicious. <laughs> I mean, it's like, how did this happen? Like, the Lakers' exceptionalism now is tied into the Ball family story and their exceptionalism. And, like, if you believe in magic, if you believe in that Laker exceptionalism, Maybe maybe today, maybe this future does feel different than it did just a couple years ago when they were actually going down the same path. They just had two very different guys in charge of the front office then. All right, Ramona Shelburne, as always, we appreciate the knowledge. We will talk to you later. Sub-tweeting and live-tweeting at the same time. Ben Simmons, crazy pills when Lonzo got taken. Joel Embiid, please dunk on him so hard that his daddy runs on the court to save him. We all knew who they were talking about because mm-hmm. that man, he got to talking last night. LeVar, you, you already got the Lakers hat. I'm trying to tell you, I knew this was happening before it was happening. When did you get this hat made? When he was a baby. How good is Lonzo Ball going to be? Lonzo Ball is going to take the Lakers to the playoffs his first year. Come see me when he does. I have another hat on to say I told you so. You ain't had that hat since he was a baby. Since he was a baby. Come on now. Get your uncle. <laughs> Get your uncle, right? No, I, I look. Um, I, I know y'all sick of y'all sick of him. This is it. This is the last time we talk about him. No, don't make that promise. You never know. You well, never know what he'll do. We have some autonomy. You're right. We, we never know. You but never know I, what I, do. I honestly, I do think this is the last time that we got talking about him because. He is not the biggest voice in the room. You heard Ramona referencing it. He kind of laid back because he, he, that's magic show. Right. That's the buses show. Okay. The, the, he, LeVar Ball ain't bigger than the Lakers. That was his moment in the sun. And I think his 15 minutes are up, albeit maybe temporarily, because the next time we hear from him, it's probably going to be if the Lakers are doing well. You understand what I'm saying? And, and that's a problem that Lakers fans, I think, are going to want. But I think he's going to fade into the background. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking that. Let his boy do his thing. And again, when you put a microphone in this man's face in that moment. You already know what you're going to get. He's on one every other day. Right. On draft day, I'm surprised he didn't say he'd be MVP this year. I'm surprised he stopped that playoffs. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think, look, I, yeah, there are going to be some players that are going to want to, you know, maybe shut Lonzo Ball down. But I don't think it's going to be so much so. Because, again, it's his dad. It's not him. The kid is unassuming. It's not going to be that bad where they're going to be flagrant following him every no, chance you get. I don't think, they, they will, I don't think they'll look to get physical with him or do anything dirty. But they will look to embarrass him at certain points. You mean to tell me the first time LeBron uh, sees LeVar, or Le, uh, Lonzo, rather, that he's not going to put a little... I'll give you De'Aaron Fox. I'll give De'Aaron, you some of these young De'Aaron, bucks. De'Aaron Fox will. This I think LeBron will. I, think I don't Steph think LeBron... Uh, that's beneath LeBron. Those, they, okay. they, they, they're bigger than okay. that. I think these young bucks will get he excited. He talked about the man's children. You saw children. Simmons and Embiid. They barely played. Oh, so, he talked about the man's children, okay, which he didn't appreciate. He let it be known then. And I think a lot of people, because his dad has been such a mouthpiece, they will just be looking to do this just out of sheer pettiness. Athletes are petty, Mike. It doesn't take much for them to get extra motivated to go at somebody. I think that you, we, we all take LeVar Ball way too seriously then. You know, if, if, you, if what he says 
actually gets under people's skin enough for them to be extra motivated to go against a guy beyond. I don't know if it's beyond about being the number two pick and a rookie. People always ingratiate rookies that way, or not ingratiate. They always baptize rookies or or try to you know go at a rookie, challenge them just because. Hey, rook, you're new to this. You think his dad? You think LeBron's gonna get up even more than he already does because of Lavar Ball? Come I on, think huh? that. Because players, again, it's a long season. Yeah. And sometimes you look for little things. <laughs> and a lot of times guys right. just want to be funny. And they just they find, they may find his dad entertaining, but they no. say, okay, since your dad got all this to say, let me show you what it's really the about. The evidence is on your side. Mm-hmm. Most people, You've seen several people reference this. All right, fans at the draft had a good time beating NBA Deputy Commissioner Mark Tatum to the punch. Talk Take about a listen. doing too much. <laughs> With the 51st pick in the 2017 NBA draft, the Denver Nuggets select Monte Morris from Iowa State University. With the 52nd pick in the 2017 NBA Draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Edmund Sumner from Xavier University. Are you ready to have your mind blown, Mike? Yeah, let's do it. Just stare at this. Look at that. Doesn't that look fake? But it's not. It's hypnotic. It is. Those are 14 uh, elementary school kids in Japan. They set a new world record for most skips over a single rope in one minute by doing uh, doing it uh, as a team 225 times. Now, this is how you jump rope. This, <laughs> no, no. This, uh, no, that's not. <laughs> See, I was always, I, I, I could never. That's somebody's uncle at the family reunion doing way too much. That's Danny Ainge with the trade, like not wanting to jump in, right? But tripping right? on himself. This Mets dad going for the foul ball with his baby in his arms. I, I want to know what happened when they went home. In fact, for our next little DTM investigation or whatever we call it, we got to see if he slept on the couch or if, she, if he even if he had to walk like home. In the house? Man, like, because listen, she may love you, but not more than she loved that baby that came out of her. Once again, people, it's not that a serious. baseball is probably $5. She high-fived him. Somebody said she high-fived. Where? She no, looks, no, that's somebody in the back clapping. I don't yeah, think she high-fived. telling me she high-fived? I can see. She, a baseball is not r- risking your life she for happy. or risking the life somebody of Somebody else high-fived them. Let's see, who is that? Who try to play-by-play this in my ear? I'm telling you, I know an angry woman when I see one because I do it all the time, and that's an angry woman, an angry mother right now. Markel Fultz had an exciting night going first overall but had some trouble sending out an Instagram post for getting to fill in some important in, important information. I mean, look. You he know, had a safe draft. There you go. You Happens know? to the best of us. Right? He did. Insert city here. We know. I, I heard him say, I think when he was on with Reese Davis and Jay Billis and, and Jalen on the coverage last night, that he had, didn't have his phone on all day. So perhaps because he was living in the moment, he just kind of forgot. And maybe one of his handlers or somebody updated. Else. Or maybe the person that keeps hacking J.R. Smith posted that. Who knows? Now, you know J.R. Smith has not been getting hacked, right? I, be- I believe Yeah, you want to believe him? I believe him. Password one two three four. I'm so excited about this kid. We, I'm, so, I'm gonna tell you how excited I am in a minute. We're talking more about the Sixers young core and this nickname uh, in a second. All right, uh, our man Brian Windhorse, rather. Um, we got to put you on bass. Has uh, <laughs> some fun on Twitter at Markel Fultz's expense. But last night, Windhorse was unable to tweet at all during the NBA draft. Here's why. I accidentally hit the install now instead of install later on the update of my phone during the draft. During the draft. And that's not going fast. That's going very slow. How come you have two phones? 
You got dial-up? You should have two phones. How come you have a laptop? You can do that? I don't even, I'm scared to update mine. I they, always do mine at night. That's I a, never that's do a, it. You're better I, I decline right? it all the time. You're like, supposed to know better. No. Rookie mistake. Well, it's his laptop. Yeah, like you said. Like, yeah, what, you can do some other way? for the communication. Uh, James Dolan, <laughs> unfortunately he didn't go to the draft last night because he probably would have been heckled. So instead he had a, a gig. His band was playing and he still wound up getting heckled anyway. You singing always leaves a lot to yeah, desire. You're a bad singer. Don't quit your day job. You're a right? bad singer. Terrible. This is terrible. I want my money back. I just want a refund. I just want a refund. That's all I want. I want to... Who are you? I want to get a job singing for a fan. See, I, 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 I want it back. I want my money back. So Charles Oakley's like, don't trade places with me. <laughs> right? Well done. Did he perform? Didn't he have a song called Fix the Mix? I think it's a song. I don't know how old James Dolan is. He's like the equivalent of the 40-year-old trying to be a rapper. Dude, you too old. Like, stop trying to be the next blues traveler. Hats off like, it's the, not working. Hats off to the Knicks fans who spoke on behalf of so many uh, by heckling them. Who's, pay, who's paying for it, though? That's well, like, I mean. if you heard Jim, uh, James Dolan was doing this, why would you pay to see that, right? That's a good question. The Knicks didn't trade Chris Stapps Porzingis last night, and uh, instead they drafted French point guard Frank Tilakina, a pick that, of course, inspires the usual New York optimism, which is sarcasm. While Porzingis is a Nick for now, anyways, this has been a dramatic last few days, egged on by Phil Jackson admitting they were fielding trade calls for Porzingis. So, now that the drama has kind of, I guess, subsided, subsided, the aftermath, the fallout, I mean, is the damage already done, Mike? That's relative. Like, how much more damage can you do if it's already dysfunctional? (laughs) Okay. I mean, so you said it can't it, it can't get worse because it's just bad. What did I say yesterday? There's nothing to see here. So right now, the Knicks are just what we know them to be. Just business as usual. Drafting a dude that you never know if he's going to be good. You've never seen him as opposed to drafting. I don't know, Malik Monk out of Kentucky. Okay, so draft was typical. Chris Stapp's still on the team. Chris Stapp's still upset. Melo's still on the team. Melo's still upset. Phil's still in know what he's doing. Probably someone taking a nap right now. So. I, And I'm saying, actually, when you go back to the, 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 you know, the public negotiations or or the stories about Phil fielding calls for Chris Stapps, when Chris Stapps Porzingis decided not to go to the exit interview, he did what was best for him. That was how he felt like he needed to handle his business. If Phil Jackson wants to field calls on people who call because they know that it's dysfunctional and want to see if they can pry him out of there. By the way, was Phil running the Bulls last night? Yesterday we were talking about, you know, it was a Phil Jackson type trade right there. But anyway, if Phil wants to field calls, that's his business. That's his prerogative. Chris Stapps Porzingis, if you ask if there's damage already done or is it, you know, irreconcilable differences, he's in no position to be upset after the decision that he made for himself. Oh, he can completely be upset. One, I don't know. If or any more than he already was. Okay. I beg your pardon. Right. I any think more he's than just he already be mad. was. And yeah. I don't think it, bode, it bodes well because when has it ever worked out? I'm trying to think of it. And maybe there is something I'm not thinking about. When has it ever worked out for the Knicks in particular to have a disgruntled player in the locker room? That usually isn't a good recipe for them. Now, yeah. I'm not suggesting that Porzingis has one, you know, is on his way out. I'm sure Phil will still take those calls. But Right now, that doesn't – a team that already was struggling, this does not help. And what's the chicken and what's the egg, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to – because you, you had uh, – I think it was Zach Lowe 
talked the other day about how agents are looking at this situation and saying their clients would never go there. They were considering it to begin with. Right. Anybody of significance was considering that to begin with. When you had uh, Phil Jackson calling out Carmelo and basically putting pressure on him to waive his no trade clause publicly, and you had Michelle Roberts, the head of the Players Association, again, the head of the Players Association, saying that Phil should be fined or reprimanded for doing so, what free agent in his right mind was going to try to go to New York when they're not winning? It didn't take the Chris Stapp's Porzingis drama the last couple of days to show you that this was not a destination franchise. Hey, maybe it'll moment. be like Major League. All the players in the locker room will band together and hate the owner. I'll say the Varsity Blues like a Bud Kimmer thing. You know, similar. Tweeter, you take the snaps. <laughs> All right, Mike. Now you think that Danny Ainge is just being patient. I think he's being stubborn. Here's Exhibit A uh, that I'm right. Apparently, even though he took Jason Tatum last night third overall, he's still a little salty about Josh Jackson not working out for the Celtics. Never talked with Josh. Um, no one in our organization did. They canceled a workout on us um, when we flew out to Sacramento. And they just decided to cancel it as we flew, as Brad and I and Mike Zarin flew cross country. So there was there was something that he didn't want to to play for the Celtics. I was mad. I flew across country. You kidding me? I had to get up at four o'clock and fly back home. So yeah, what'd you do in Sacramento, Dan? I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing to do in Sacramento. <laughs> That's messed up. You think he was in the right there? I'd be mad. Okay. But in the right... But will you be mad enough to not draft a player? Who says that's why he didn't draft him? Well, I don't know. But he's still... Let me tell you something. If look, Josh he Jackson... Seems, uh, he seems pretty irritated. Oh, he, and, and he, and he why should have... still talking about it? And he should have been. I mean, well, it was, a, it was a story about how they couldn't coordinate a workout. Look, if Josh Jackson were head and shoulders above Jason Tatum, I think Danny Ainge drafts him... And they laugh about it at the press conference. If he really wanted, you give people too much credit. No, no, no. That's not. Well, or maybe, 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 maybe I am. But I, the credit I'm giving is not so much to Danny Ainge for not being petty enough to pass on a player because he blew you off and you didn't work him out. He's drafted people that he didn't work out before. What I'm saying, I'm giving credit to Jason Tatum because this is now two players. Let's say, let's say Josh Jackson was, you know, a better player or a, a higher profile prospect as far as Danny Ainge was concerned. He passed on Fultz, who he had to take opportunity to take number one. When he, so when he says he would have taken Jason Tatum number one, I do believe him because he had the opportunity. That's a convenient thing to say after you've already made no, the trade. No, what's convenient is for somebody like Vladi Divac to say at five, we would have taken De'Aaron Fox number one. Well, you never had number one to begin with. When you had the option of taking somebody number one and you say we would have taken him number one, well, clearly you were comfortable taking Tatum because you traded down. Not to mention, as much as I like Josh Jackson, I like the Celtics picking Jason Tatum because they need somebody that can get buckets. They need somebody that can get a shot off. Josh Jackson has a lot of work to do when it comes to shooting. Maybe more athletic, a better defender, this, that, any other. But I think Jason Tatum is just as good a fit. So while, yes, it may have been a factor in saying I'm going Jason Tatum because he worked out, he's quote-unquote clean prospect, Work, you know, we're all good with him, but I don't think it was the determining factor. Does that make sense? It does, but I just remember a couple weeks ago, uh, we discussed a, a story where, I think it was the Suns, didn't draft Kawhi Leonard because he sweated through his suit. <laughs> I, I, do re- I do remember that. That's all I got to say. That stranger decision. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right about that. So, Paul George stayed put. Uh, Woj got folks excited with a few tweets about the Celtics and Pacers talking trade, but nothing ever coming of it. Uh, meanwhile, Zach Lowe says that George would love to team up with Gordon Hayward. We'll see where all that goes. Meanwhile, the Pacers are a team stuck with the star who, as everyone now knows, practically has one foot out the door. It couldn't have come at a worse time for me. Um, 
if we would have known this a little longer ago or uh, a few months ago, I think we could have been a little bit more prepared. Uh, and then the way it got out was a little struggling to us. We struggled with that. We had multiple conversations. We had talked about players that we wanted to add to this team. And it felt like we were in like violent agreement. We were like, oh, yes, that's good. And so for me, it was, it was a shock. Kevin Pritchard and the Pacers, they're playing this Paul George thing, right? Violent agreement. Is there any other kind? Like, what, <laughs> that's an interesting choice of words. Well, look, I never thought they were in a rush or it should be in a rush uh, to trade Paul George. It kind of, I don't know if it was just a news cycle, the various reports, it, it, it kind of made it seem like Indiana was getting antsy. And on some level, I understand why. Look, people know that Paul George wants to leave. They know he wants to leave. The deals to me are only going to get worse. I think what they're hoping for and banking on is maybe somebody like Boston or maybe Cleveland that they are in a position where they say, you know what, we don't mind a rental, even Mm -hmm. if it's half a season. Mm -hmm. We don't care. We'll give you something, you know, and, and, and let that be that. But if it's true what the Lakers offered them, to me, so far, that's been their best opportunity because they have to get some young pieces back. They have to get something where they can restart this. So you don't think it gets any better than what the I Lakers I don't. Are? I mean, I think they're going to get more and more desperate. So I would not be surprised if what they saw from the Lakers, um, which was, I, I believe it was, it wasn't 27, their, it was 28, 27, 28 pick. Yeah, maybe Randall. I would not be surprised if anything they see after this is not nearly as good as that was. And I, mean, I, and I don't understand why he's saying that. Like, literally everyone knew that Paul George had his eyes we're on not ju- We're not just that. I've been watching a lot of John Wick Chapter 2 lately. Mm-hmm. Paul George did them a professional courtesy, all right? Because he could have just said, I'm here, I'm good, build around me, and left them high and dry when the time came to opt out. At least he gave them, him and his agent, gave them the clarity to say, you know what, I'm gone. Do what you got to do. He didn't string this thing out as he seemed some other free agents to be due. That's number one. Secondly, first of all, third, so I got three things. Number two, take note, Chicago. This is how not to screw it up. Even though the deals might get worse to your point, you don't have to rush and make a bad deal. So I commend Kevin Pritchard for saying, you know what? Let's wait versus do something that we'll regret. Let's see if anybody becomes more desperate as time goes on. See what happens in July. Last but not least, I got no sympathy for the Pacers because uh, Jimmy Butler spoke to the Chicago sometimes today. And he said about being the face of the Chicago Bulls. He's like, I don't even want to get into that anymore. Whose team is it? All that means nothing. Whatever they want to call me, face. You know what I've learned? Face of the team. Eventually, you're going to go to see the back of his head as he's leaving town. So no thanks. Mm. So you know what? Here's a player that's saying, I'm going to be a free agent. And you're saying, oh, this is a gut punch. This is disappointing. We've had plans. We want people that want to be here. When you don't want them there, you, get you them ship out them here. out of town, you don't care. whether they're playing spades in Paris or not. Right. Well, okay. but, you, but here's the other part of it. This is why players are now taking it in their hands and organizing these super teams so at least they get everything on their terms. All right. Speaking of super teams, the 76ers, baby, they're big four. Fultz, Embiid, Dario Sarge, and Simmons. They call them the feds. That's a terrible name. It really do is. Better. How do you do go better. from trust the process when you can't trust the feds? Fans watching? We got to get. We got to do better than this. Mm-hmm. But that's. That, but I like this core regardless. We'll work on a nickname. Matter of fact, I'd add Covington to that mix. Okay? They cook him with gas, as we say. Meanwhile, after the Jimmy Butler trade, now you got a big four in Minnesota with Butler, Cat, Wiggins, Ricky Rubio, second half resurgence. 
whose young core, and I mean, obviously Jimmy, Butler, Jimmy Butler's not all that young, but whose core after last night's moves would you rather have right now going forward? Is it rather have a more excited about? Because, okay, whatever whatever phrasing it. makes you feel better about the question. Okay, the, the future is with Philly, given their ages, and if we're projecting five years out. You trying to get it both ways? I'm, I'm, a, I'm trying to get it both ways. This is supposed to be a hard question. Okay, but here's the thing. In terms of this season, yep. I'm more excited about the T-Wolves. Okay. All right. And, and, Western and, uh, Conference. Western Conference, that's number one. This team, especially seeing how Wiggins has, has really emerged – you know, I think the world of Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I think he's one of the most dynamic. You and big- everybody else. We're yes, like that's not that. new. Yeah. That's not a hot take. Everybody knows that. Everything we're is- saying is not a shot at the other team. No, it's yeah, not. Exactly. And, and we know how talented this this group is. But they finally, the one thing Philly doesn't have yet is a veteran to kind of bring it all together. Not they yet. Coming. They They're got coming, capital. but not yet. Yep. Minnesota now has that. Two great pieces. Got a veteran. Let's go. Let's go, team. Well, you heard Markel Fultz echo what I and others have been saying. He said it today. They go into the playoffs this year. I'm taking them in the Eastern Conference, but that's the easy way out. That's the easy answer. I'm looking at a transcendent, and a cat can be that too, but if there was one player in that whole group that I want, you know it's the process. I I'm I going know. with the process. I think Ben Simmons, people are kind of like, they're kind of down on him as the number one overall pick last year and, and his transcendent ability because when we last saw him playing at LSU, they weren't winning anything. And you look at Markel Fulton, people didn't really watch him, and they weren't winning anything in Washington. Those guys, all three of them, have the ability to be transcendent players. They have better shooting, in my opinion, than Minnesota does right now, and that's where the game is going, outside shooting. And then you add probably the rookie of the year in Dario Saric, might be the rookie of the year this year. That is the group that I am looking at that I'm feeling More known pieces in Minnesota. Yes, which is why you took the safe route, but that's cool. (laughs) Women, y'all are amazing, man. You damn right. Last week, Serena Williams was still practicing seven months pregnant. Last night at the USATF Outdoor Championships in Sacramento, Alicia Montano ran the 800 while five months pregnant. I beg your pardon. She ran the 800 again while pregnant. She ran it while eight months pregnant in 2014. Only this time out, she finished 10 seconds faster in 110-degree heat. And then the 31-year-old, six-time USA Outdoor champ, still had energy enough to chase her two-year-old daughter around the track. She did this fittingly, wearing a Wonder Woman top inspired by Gal Gadot, filming the movie, which I still haven't seen, by the way, while five months pregnant herself. Not to be outdone, Gabrielle Grunwald finished the 1500 between chemo treatments. She's battling liver cancer for the fourth time since 2009 and spent Sunday in the ER with 101 degree fever. When Grunwald finished, the rest of her heat prayed with her. I pray Tyson Gay feels that peace that transcends all understanding. The American 100 record holder finished third in the 100 at 1017 Thursday night, eight months after his 15-year-old daughter, Trinity, was shot and killed in October outside a restaurant in Lexington, Kentucky, hit by a stray bullet. She ran the 100 and 200 just like Dad. Gay will try to qualify for the 200 tomorrow after nearly walking away from the track. Now the 34-year-old sprints in memory of Trinity, who it sounds like would have grown up to be something of a superwoman herself, to think what she could have done, what she would have done, how many she could have inspired. Instead, she leaves that to her father, who, along with Montano and Grunwald, may not have finished first or even qualified, yet claimed victory all the same the second they stepped into the starting blocks. Is that the Michael Smith version of Tupac, keep your head up? More or less. Yeah, it kind of almost felt that way. 
Okay, with all due respect to LeVar and Lonzo Ball, the father-son story of the week that deserves our collective attention involves my colleague Keyshawn Johnson and his son Keyshawn Jr. Now, earlier this month, Keyshawn Jr., a wide receiver at Nebraska, was cited for marijuana possession by university police. Obviously, no father wants to hear about their son being caught with weed. But Keyshawn Sr.'s response turned this into a great lesson for all parents. Rather than make excuses for his son or not address it at all, Keyshawn decided to withdraw his son from school and bring him back to their home in California. The elder Johnson said it was a mutual decision between him and Nebraska coach Mike Riley. But Keyshawn was brutally honest about why the decision was made. He tweeted, sometimes you need to take a step back before you can go forward. And later, when asked about it by an Omaha newspaper, Keyshawn sent an even stronger message to his son. You're not a kid, Keyshawn said. You take a look at it from afar and let me know how important it is to you. My mother used to tell me all the time, I don't care if you want to be a clown, be the best clown you can be. She said that because she wanted me to understand that being great at something requires commitment, discipline, and sacrifice. We hear countless stories about sports parents who, if they have a talented child, start acting more like groupies rather than parents. Hopefully, Keyshawn Jr. understands where his dad and coach are coming from. You might be over 18, but you ain't grown, at least not yet. All right, this is my favorite video of the day, Mike. These kids thought it would be a good idea to dunk on the Domino's pizza delivery guy, right? Bad decision. Here's a tip. Don't dunk on the pizza guy because he can slice through your defense. And he did this in 30 minutes or less. You know who delivered last night? <laughs> Lottie Divac in the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Giles, Fox, Mason in the second round. Albavada released its eyes on the 2017 Pro Football MVP race. Tom Brady is the favorite at 4-1. to Aaron Rodgers next best is 7-1, to followed by Derek Carr at 9-1. to I don't know what Zeke's odds are, but give me Zeke. Seems to be focused, wants to be Marshall Falk and catch the ball more. Before we call it a day, tell the people who had a good day. Give me Derek Carr. All right, today is the 45th anniversary of Title IX. Happy anniversary. Groundbreaking legislation. 25% increase in women competing in sports at the NCAA level over the last decade. As we speak, a day after the Red Sox renamed Yawkey Way extension to David Ortiz Drive, in less than a year after playing his final game, Poppy, having his number 34 retired tonight, hit 483 home runs, a member of the Red Sox, and of course, bottom three rings that's it for the six we will bring this fantastic show back to you on monday more sports center is next hey please no gang time <laughs> <laughs>